You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. I, I, I just, you know, looking at you, I just can't look at you the same. I mean, you know, I remember the first time we interviewed Jim Palmer and... He came walking across the field to our set at the Coliseum, and I'm like, this is Jim Palmer. This is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He's got one of the most beautiful heads of hair. I mean, this is jockey. I mean, you know, it's like you and Jim Palmer. When I think of sexy, when I think of underwear, I want to go buy new underwear. If people have no idea what I'm talking about, you're now an underwear model. That's right. So that's so on my Twitter bio. I, yeah, I did a, a a fun little video with uh, with Ivan Rodriguez for Saks Underwear, and uh, we've got a, a a way to win uh, underwear for life if you if you check it out during the World Series. A lot of balls in the, the ball rhythm. A lot, lot of balls. <laughs> a lot of talk about balls and uh, baseballs and balls talked about yeah. in your uh, in your commercial. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Ivan was great. He's a really nice guy. Did you ever think that you'd be an underwear model? No, no, no. And even when they said it the first time, I, the, my first reaction was nope. And then, uh, <laughs> and then they they talked me down a little bit. They they said they wanted a uh, a Steve Kornacki type, uh, a, a zany stats guy. And I said, well, that is me. <laughs> it's pretty cool watching it last night. You can follow, uh, you know, on Twitter. You can see it. It's it's pretty hilarious. And you're doing it with uh, a baseball Hall of Famer, so there is a lot of legitimacy to it. <laughs> yeah, and, and some and some good uh, we're giving to the Testicular Cancer Foundation, yeah. uh, and that's something that uh, was really near and dear to to Ivan Rodriguez's heart. So, and you had a uh, modesty cup while you're doing this whole thing. <laughs> that's right a little behind the scenes action if you're on air uh on tv they give you what's called a modesty cup it's like a little bra thing it just keeps people from seeing all the details yes very interesting well you know um you're now a celebrity i mean you already were a celebrity but now you're like you're like you're you're gonna hold it for universe now you're on a you, this is a national television type deal that's gonna be all over social media you're you're just you're a big deal now yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, 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 I'll. I'll remember everybody along the way. Well, remember this. I love the idea <laughs> we were talking about the whole field work and doing a fantasy baseball thing. I, mm-hmm. I. I got some. Like. Like the winner, we could give a a big field work package to. I. Yeah, field work where it's, you know we could give x amount of a case of beer or something like that. I. Mm-hmm. I got some ideas for. Where I think we could have a huge. Oakland A's, A's cast live type type uh, fantasy league and field work be a big part of it. Yeah, we got to nail down the details on that. It sounds like a good idea. Could be good. All right. League championship series so far. What do you think? 
I'm glad that the Astros won last night because I'm been this these playoffs have been a little bit short on sort of game seven, game five, you know, coming yeah. down to the wire, uh uh high leverage, big moments. Um it's not to say that there's been not been some clutch going on, but uh, it just feels like uh, it hasn't. The games haven't been close, and the series haven't been close. The, like the other series, seems like it's kind of almost done. That Arizona's got to win tonight. Yeah, and, and and but they're not even going to the table with uh, someone as good. So the Astros had to win last night, and they went to the table with Christian Javier, who's got the ride back on his fastball. He looks back like he used to be, and he had an excellent game pushing a no hitter into the the middle innings. Uh, I like Brandon fought a little bit, but he's no Christian Javier. So they've got a a road to hoe there in Arizona. Yeah. And then they're going a, uh, we're just going to throw the kitchen sink at you on in game four. Yeah. And, you know, there's been some discussion about money and payrolls, and I think it does show up in moments like these because if you uh, if you look at just like making the playoffs, there have been lower payroll teams that have made the playoffs. Yeah. But when you look at winning the World Series, uh, they've all been top ten payrolls. And I think you know something as simple as who's your game four starter is a a moment when you see what money can buy you. You know who's your game four starter when you're the Arizona Diamondbacks and you relied on a bunch of young pitching to get where you are. It's a question mark. Who's your game four starter when you're the, the the Phillies? Not only do you have a guy, but you have two or three guys because you've got, you know, the guy behind the guy and the other guy. So, you know, you have a, a selection of arms that you can go to that are all starting. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a great example. How many teams, and I don't remember what he signed for. Taiwan Walker signed for 70-something million dollars. Right? I wasn't chump right. change. He's not playing. He's like a professional cheerleader. Like, you, like you, he might be, he might pitch the fourth or fifth inning in game, you know, in the next game, maybe. You, like, if you watch, he never plays. I mean, he's totally involved. You see him up there on the dugout. He's like totally involved. He, <laughs> he had, would have been the game three starter for Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is Philly just paid a guy 70 something million dollars and he's not like, there's not even thought like me even bringing up his name. I bet, I bet a bunch of people went, Oh, that's right. He's on like, he's not. He's a $70 million afterthought. How many teams have that luxury? And it takes, it takes money. Also, you have to trade prospects that could become players that are cheap. You have to be able to do that to, to get depth. Like, like, like expensive teams do. So the fact that they traded for Michael Lorenzen, who was in, you know, important for them down the stretch, who's not even on the playoff roster. It's even worse than Taiwan Walker. He's not even on the playoff roster. Uh, is that's the kind of depth where I think Arizona would be really happy to have Michael Lorenzen right now. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how it shows up. And I think that's, you know, game fours and fives. Uh, that's how you, uh, the depth shows, the money shows the, the, the willingness to consider now over the future. That's when it shows up. Philly hasn't won it yet. They're, 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 they still got to win this. Then of course, win the world series where we all start flipping out. Um, but obviously when it comes to they got enough to get to the postseason, and then once we've talked about the slimming down, once they slim the stars, once you once you're getting down to just their very best, because we are looking at the Atlanta Braves use fifty-three guys this year. 
let alone mm-hmm. the Angels using 66. Once we get down to the very, very best, Philly's tough to beat. I was listening to a conversation last night from guys on uh, SNY in New York because obviously they're all befuddled. Hey, how do the Yankees and the Mets? I mean, look at can 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 you can you make can you make the can you do what the Phillies do? And I was really thinking about that today. That's my bad New York impersonation, by the way. <laughs> hey, Derek Jeter, we got good Jeter back. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can replicate what the Phillies are doing. I think it's a special moment that they have. They, As we mentioned, they got a lot of money. They'll sacrifice defense for bats. They, But they do got some mojo. I mean, they got the best winning percentage, their home ballpark, of any ballpark ever in the history of baseball. It's hard to rec- replicate something really, really special. But just from a roster construction, would you – if I put you in charge and you used your analytics and that wonderful brain and body that's so gorgeous that you're now in underwear, uh, would you want to build a team like the Philadelphia Phillies? One thing that I think that teams have been doing that the Phillies almost copied because this is the best bullpen that Dave Dombrowski's ever put together. He used to be a guy that just sort of figured out the bullpen. He needs this. He needed this in Detroit. Yeah, there were there. Were, I think there are titles in his past. He could have won if he had Al, Al, Al Albuquerque is not walking through that door. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so and 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 if you, you bring up the Yankees, the Yankees probably were one of the first teams to really push, you know, bullpen construction and put a lot of effort into it. And I think it started with as with as as crazy as how good Wetland was. Like it wasn't just Mariano. It was like Wetland was good too. He was the you first know? Like, one, yeah. They cared about the setup guy and the guy behind them in a way that other teams didn't. If you look at historical bullpen value, the Yankees beat almost everybody. Like they've well, had it, it goes back bullpens. to Tony Larusa in the late eighties with the A's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so there's been this like identification that the bullpen really matters, and then having a great bullpen, especially in the in the in the playoffs, matters. So I don't think that's what the Yankees need. In some ways. Um, I feel like the Yankees need a time machine because uh, Bryce Harper is this sort of not only is he uh, a good player um, and and a leader, but he's also a personality that they've all meshed around. And if you look at just the major league uh, thing that they do at second base with the with the with the hands, you know, uh, if you look at uh, their celebrations, uh, the things they yell at each other, the things they call each other, the the way they talk to each other, it's all very Bryce Harper. And the Yankees had a chance to to get him, and they just thought, oh, he can't play first base for us or whatever, and and, and didn't think it was a, a a good choice. And if you look at the the sort of paths that diverged from that moment, uh, you know, it's gone a little bit worse for the Yankees and a little bit better for the Phillies since. But um, you know, if, if you could, uh, if you think that Shohei Otani is, I don't think he is a Harper, but maybe he's a Yankee in that. He's the kind of guy who goes to work. You know what I mean? He yeah. goes to work. Like he wants to win every game. He wants to win every moment. He wants to win every out. And so he's not going to be the Bryce Harper showman, but he might be the like lunch pail. We, everybody in this room is going to work as hard as show Otani does. Cause look at that guy. Like Marcus look Simeon. at what he's doing right now. He'd be like Marcus huh? Simeon. Yeah. Yeah. Look how hard he's working. Simeon. I think, yeah, I think he's doing something yeah. for the Rangers where it's like, you're not going to slack off. You know, one thing that, that Tommy Pham said, about uh, the Mets that was surprising when he left is he said, this is the least hardworking group of regular everyday players I've ever worked with. (laughs) (laughs) And, and when he left, 
Francisco Lindor said, thank you, Tommy Pham, for teaching me how to work harder. <laughs> so we've talked about this, you know, like, you know, your, yeah. your leaders are your guys, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not criticizing Aaron Judge's leadership. Uh, I don't really know that much about it. Um, I do know that like if you're out injured, it's kind of hard to be a leader. Like I know I've, I've been in clubhouses enough to, I know what, I, I know what, how people treat the injured leader. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's there, he's part of the team, but he's, but give Harper credit. Play. Like even when Harper, Tommy John, he's out, he's still the dude. He's still the dude, yeah. but there are a lot of times when it's an awkward, it's an awkward interaction. Cause it's like, well, you can't help us tonight, you know? So don't yell at us. You can't yell at us. You're not, you're not playing tonight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like there is this weird sort of with the team, not with the team when you're injured long-term like that. But, um, you know, I, 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 if I was going to change the, the Mets and the Yankees, uh, I would look at, at, at leadership to some point. Um, uh, I would just try to make the team better. Honestly, though, the, 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 the postseason is, is, is fairly unpredictable. And so I don't, want to learn overlearn from the Phillies. You know, do we know that the bullpen is good? Yes. Do we know that having good leaders is good? Yes. Um power. And, and so I don't know. I don't know. Even the Phillies, you were mentioning, you know, taking bats over defense. They have spent the last sort of year, year and a half improving that defense. So they've been trying to get Cal Schwarber out of the field for like 18 months. And they finally did it with Johan Rojas, Brandon Marsh, you know, the different additions they've got, they've been pushing Kyle Schwarber to DH, putting Harper at first after the elbow healed enough. That was the moment where you can finally put Schwarber uh, at DH. So I can feel Cody. Uh, I can feel Cody right here to my right going Christian Pache. Christian yeah. Pache. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of move. Yeah. Why do they do yeah. that? Because defense, they, yeah. they were trying to, you know, they're trying to improve the defense on the margins, trying to make it better, getting stot at second base instead of Segura. They, these are all like, look at the starting pitching. I mean, you're even Ranger Suarez. I mean, Nola, and then you go Wheeler. Wheeler's like historic. I mean, starters, bullpen power. I mean, I think the Wheeler, I think the Wheeler uh, is an example that we've seen the Scherzer deal in Washington. Uh, the first Scherzer deal in Washington. Uh, there's, there's been a few, the Verlander deal. There've been a few deals where it really made sense to invest in, in, in a veteran starting pitcher. And so I think it's, it's a fine line, you know, the Carlos Rodon deal, you know, doesn't Ooh. look so good in the first year. Uh, you know, uh, Robbie Ray got hurt in his first year of his deal. Kevin Gossman deal looks pretty good though. So I, you know, I would try as a team to be like, how can we identify the good, the, the good starting pitcher deals? Because it is a gamble, but when you get one of those, that's, then you add the young guys who come up, but you still have Zach Wheeler and you're adding guys to him. You still have Max Scherzer as your leader and you're adding guys to him. I'm trying to figure out what universe I'm in. You're talking leadership. You're now writing articles about clutch. You're doing, mm -hmm. you're doing, you're a bikini model now. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 well, I mean, money ball. There's no such thing as clutch. The numbers say there's no say you're now writing about clutch. What, 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 what the hell well, is going on here? Well, no, see, I mean, the thing is, you know, sometimes people want to just like, you know, find a study and be like, no, you're wrong. They studied this. Here's the numbers. You're wrong. You know? And I think that's uh, unfortunate because, you know, collective wisdom gathered over years of playing the game can't be completely wrong. You know, there's like 
there's got to be something in there because that's something we've learned over time. And so analyzing where the numbers and the collective wisdom are in most odds is actually a great place to start trying to like do something interesting in baseball. So for example, with clutch, you know, we can't demonstrate like, for example, Bryce Harper was number one in clutch this year, which is comparing your own work in at the end of the game or in high leverage moments against your other work. And that, and then if it's higher, if you know, you can be as high as twice as good in the clutch. Bryce Harper this year led all of baseball in clutch. He seems really clutch right now. You're like, he's totally clutch. Two years ago, he was 158th out of 170 in clutch. And that's just the thing that we see with clutch is that it goes year to year. It just goes up and down. It goes up and down. And it's really hard to identify any one person that's clutch. And I, I have two thoughts about this. One, um, the people we're looking at in the major leagues if you're if you're convinced, oh, I played high school, I played college, I know clutch exists because I saw I saw it on my team. Well, think about that team, and the guy that you think is clutch is probably the best player on that team. So he's the best player on that team, and he was clutch. Guess what? The major leagues is made up of only those guys. Only those guys made it to the major leagues. Nobody else on that team made it. We got even close. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You know, when you're looking at the major leagues, you're already looking at the most clutch guys. Now, are some more clutch than others within that? Maybe. But in terms of like being totally unclutch, how do you get to the major leagues? You had to go to the minors. You had to do you had to play D1. You had to be you had to be under the lights. You know, like you can't be totally unclutch and and make it in the major leagues. That's my pet theory. But the other theory, the other thing that I have is that Brett Phillips told me at the uh, at the uh, Coliseum Maverick. That uh, Brett Phillips told me that if you could put a heart monitor on us and t- and and test clutch that way, if you could f- look at our our physiological responses to stress, yeah. you would find that people have very different responses. And that I believe because I am not that good in like my kid cuts himself or whatever, or like he breaks a bone. I'm like, like I'm like, go, we got to like get in the car, we got to go. You know, like I'm like, I, I'm all like, of a sudden you're you know, not clutch. My, my yeah <laughs> well it, <laughs> like, you know what it's it, it's like stress test right yeah like they'll put all the different things on you for the stress test yeah i did a stress test and yeah. if you have a heart attack or whatever i mean there's there's things that we know that in life certain people deal with stressful situations differently right yeah. that's like the other day we we're talking about intensity you know, people, the way people can lock in and be laser focused when things yeah. are more intense, like we're dealing with human beings in the end. Right. And everybody's different. Everybody's wired different. So, as you said, these are made up of all the greatest players or the top point zero one percent of whatever it is. So they've all been dominant. They've all been good. But now it's like who really is good out of that and we always just want to look at skill set right i throw harder i run faster i hit it further but there is something inside games that certain guys perform better in the stressful situations that's why you have a tom brady that's why you have a joe montana that's why you have a michael jordan it's like they're never overwhelmed by the moment and that's something you can't put into numbers now i i agree with maverick like what is your resting heart rate? What is your and like? How does like, that change? You know? What are the neurons and stuff going on in your brain compared to the guy who's up at the plate going, "Oh God, what? <laughs> how many like cortisol oh. is it? Cortisol is a stress hormone that we that we exude when we're in stress, and like 
you know, I think that different people, you know, have different amounts of that or have different reactions to cortisol in their system. Yeah. And so there's like a hormonal thing too there where it's like we, we, we have a stress hormone and how we react to that. When I look at Manny Machado, like he looks like he's got ice, ice in his veins, you know, every time he looks the same every time when he comes to the play, it doesn't matter what the game situation is. Harper is actually a little bit different. I don't think that he's exactly the same every time, but he seems to rise the occasion where it's like he, you know, it's almost like Cassiano said, I'm not that great during the regular season at defense because I'm bored. <laughs> and so in the postseason, he's a little bit better because he's paying attention. I get a little bit of that with Harper where it's like, you know, I, I don't know, game 131, you know, first A B, maybe I'll I'll strike out and you know, it'll be fine or whatever. But you know, October you know, game three of the NLCS, like I'm going to be there 1000%. I would actually, my game. if we could actually do like a real study, like a science and whole thing and like really go back and, and put stuff monitors on players and stuff. Cause like right now, Jose Altuve has played in so many, Derek Jeter played in so many postseason games. I'd like to go back to the yesteryears, a Reggie Jackson, a George Brett guys that had, you know, you didn't play in so many different rounds, and it wasn't so easy to get to the postseason, but they, they had a good sample size of playing uh -huh. in the postseason. Why were they so successful in the postseason when it was so hard to get there and when you got there, the magnitude of being there was so big and why they were so successful and other guys, most guys are and not. And and aren't they weren't they kind of different? It's a little bit it's a little bit early for me, but it, as I remember it, George Brett was a little bit more intense. Oh, he, he was, was kind a, of and an he was a player. I mean, he 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 on a triple in the ALCS in whatever year that was seventy seven or seventy six. He slides into third base. Nettles kinds of kicks him. He gets up and throws a haymaker at Nettles <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, ALCS, exactly. yeah. and they all started rumming around. Then they broke it up and just started playing again because that's and how baseball was. Nobody it. got and kicked then, uh... out. Nobody got <laughs> fined. But that's kind of how George Brett. Well, that's how they played, right? And wasn't Reggie Jackson more smooth and like more Manny Machado esque? Like, like just sort of like Reggie. Like Reggie was about the magnitude. Reggie was the moment. Reggie was the Reggie was not a stoic. Reggie was a star. Like Reggie. Uh -huh. Reggie was the moment. So more guy. like Harper. Like yeah. You know, Reggie kind of was a moment, moment guy. Like just like. And it's interesting because Kirby Puckett had his moments. It's really tough to go back yesteryear because you didn't make the playoffs as much as other guys did. But well, Mark Lemke always had good playoffs, but I was like, he's not good so <laughs> they, but it's, it's like the star players that rise up and do well like hank aaron had a monster series against the yankees back in the day <clears> with, <throat> with the uh with the braves it's like yeah i wish we, I could, think we could go back and like put monitors on these guys and see what they were going through compared yeah. to compared to what the competition was going through i think samples a big part of it not only because we just don't have enough results to even know but like i remember barry bonds growing up everyone said he wasn't clutch he, he couldn't play in the postseason all this stuff yeah and then i remember in 2002 he just ran all through the playoffs i mean he destroyed the atlanta braves and it's funny how our memory works too because we remember things that have emotions attached to them so i was in the stands for that Braves series and I thought uh it, the way I remembered it Barry Bonds walked the Braves off twice in that series I went back and looked at the numbers he just hit a couple homers he didn't do any hit any walk-off homers but you know our memories our memories are, are tricky like that too but the other thing is um you know not only does sample for knowing the results matter but you know I think these guys calm down 
You know, it's like, you know, maybe the very first playoff uh, uh, playoff plate appearance you have, maybe you are a little bit, you know, like, whoa, this is a big deal. But like, if you start like playing it, like Derek Jeter had 738 plate appearances in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, at some point you're just like, yep, I'm here again. Yeah. Well, that, it, it, that, it is, it is the one thing that we're trying to always find the answers to. But it's the one thing, like, it's the mental side, what's somebody thinking, how are they feeling, their brain, how do they process the information. Everybody's different at that, and that's one thing. That's like the final frontier in sports is how do we figure out what you're really thinking and how do you deal with stress and how do you deal with all of that. Now, if we would have, in that Atlanta series and in that time with the Giants in the 2000 and on when Bonds was in the postseason, we started testing him, we may have found different things than – <laughs> right. but i uh but i like like the i like the idea the jet that's the piece that i wrote today <laughs> i like the idea about um like sort of going past this first level of analysis so you know when you look at batter versus pitcher people talk about oh this guy is you know six for ten against this guy he owns him right now you look at you try to look at that mathematically and you say that's meaningless <clears throat> that's 10 at bats this guy has played, you know, 2,000 at-bats. Those 2,000 at-bats are so much more important than what he's done in 10 at-bats against this pitcher, you know? I'm not putting I'm not putting a no-bat guy out there because he has three singles against Aaron Nola. You know what I mean? Like, like, don't make decisions like that. That's what the math says. But the, the, the most advanced teams now are doing stuff where they're, like, breaking you into biometric, you know, analysis. So they're saying your hips do this, your shoulders do this, your, your elbows do this in your, in your swing. Right. And they can actually now start to say you're, you are the guy you do this and this and this in your swing biomechanically. And that is good against sliders, but bad against fastballs, but good against change. You know what I mean? Like they can, they can link the way your body moves to how you might fare against certain types of pitches, certain yeah. shapes. I like you know? that. Yeah. And, so we are going to find that some batter versus pitcher stuff does matter, but we're going to find that it's not because you went three for 10. It's because you, uh, your, your, your bat is like adjustable through the zone, you know? And so you, you have a real ability to like drop that bat head when you're wrong, you can guess wrong and you can drop the bat head and still get to the bat to it. You know, yeah. whereas other guys have more rigid shoulders and just bring the bat through or whatever it is. And so as teams are getting better at that, they are modeling batter versus pitcher. So batter versus pitcher does matter, but just saying a guy's like three for 10, we like, we just need to get beyond that. And, and then we will find that there are batter versus pitcher matchups that we can actually model and figure out. Cause the dumbest stuff in the world. And it drives me nuts. It's a pet peeve in 2007. I got this note here about the D backs. In 2007, the D-backs ran into a buzzsaw in the NLCS against the Red Hot Rockies. Dating back to that series, the D-backs have lost six straight LCS games being outscored 33 to... None of these human beings were around it. (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, what does it matter what happened in 07, 01? Like, that's insane. And what you're talking about, if you say, hey, this guy's got three hits off this pitcher... He hasn't faced him in four years. What are you talking about? Oh, when he about? was a rookie? Yeah, when he, when he first it. came up? I you saw know? him in Puerto I had a hit off him in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. What? And even even the, the dumbest thing is like even as the sample increases and people are like, well, he's actually six for 22. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot. Well, those 22 are spread out, like you're saying. And so it's like, 
Was it Aaron Nola when he was a rookie? Was it Aaron Nola that year when he had like, you know, two miles per hour less on his, on his fastball? Was yeah. it like last night they said Michael Brantley six for 22 against Max Scherzer. And it's like, which Max Scherzer? There've been what like a year? lot of Max Scherzers. Was, this was, one? was Brantley an Indian, not a guardian, an Indian at the time? Right. Was it the Tigers Scherzer? Like <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of different Scherzers, you know? <laughs> It would so have been like, Cleveland against Detroit. What are you talking about? Like how? Why does that matter now? Why do I care? The Michael Brantley himself was way younger then. That was like a nice young Michael Brantley. You think this old Michael Brantley against this old Max Scherzer is exactly the same as before? You've almost played as much as Michael Brantley has the last two years. I know. Yeah, right. right? hurt Michael Brantley yeah. nonetheless. All right. But, gr- yeah. Go ahead. No, it, you know, and the same thing with the one thing I was thinking of when you were talking about teams is like he, this guy loves the facing the Rangers. He's like, you know, has a 300 batting average against the Rangers, the Rangers, which Rangers, this Rangers, last Rangers, the Rangers when they were bad five years ago. Like that's that's even worse. I, I don't know whether to congratulate you as everything's going great with the athletic or as now a model now. I, I, I <laughs> what is your career like? Where what what is the most important part of your career right now? I might have to go to Handsome Boy Modeling School and uh, and and work a little on uh, on on my uh, my blue steel gaze. We should be like, who's Fabio? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that! It's pretty cool. When I saw that, I'm like, hey, someday you're gonna be looking at your kids, going, you know, that guy, that guy's a Hall of Famer. I'm in my underwear <laughs> with a Hall of Famer. That's a big deal. My kids now are like. Why are you in your underwear, Dad? <laughs> You're the Jim Palmer of the athletic. How about that? One kid was like, why are your legs so white? And I was like, well, I, I don't really tan them so much. Because <laughs> I live where I live, and uh, we don't yeah, get right. a lot of sun. Yeah, I wear pants. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy, we'll talk to you next week. Play him as outro. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Talk to you next week. Yeah. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.